Hey, New Life Gillette Church, we are thrilled you decided to listen to our teaching on your favorite podcast app. If you made a decision to follow Christ today, would you let us know by visiting yes.newlifegillette.com? Here is this week's teaching. Welcome to all of you in the room, to those of you watching online, no matter what part of the world that you are joining us from, to our friends at the prison and the jail, it is always good to be with all of you. Uh, Christmas season is upon us and it's so exciting for all the things that are going on in our lives during the season. Question for you, when, when it comes to Christmas, are you someone who likes a lot of tradition? Anybody out there that likes tradition, you like the same food, you like the same music, you like, there's a bunch of you out there, same decorations in the same place every year. Yeah, and I'm one of them. I like you know, some of those same things year after year. Now there's some of you that think differently. My wife's hand's gonna go up on this one. How many of you like change? You like new things every year, new food, new decorations and new places, new, some of the new music that's out. Wow, there's not as many of you. Mike, I know you're one of them too, yeah. So, you know, we have these different ideas of how best to celebrate Christmas, but for those of us who were traditionalists, including me, let me just say that Christmas is about new. Sorry, we're in this sermon series called Made New, and there's a reason for it, because the story of this season changes things. It makes things new for us as we celebrate it. I mean, we just think of some of the great movies that we love year after year, like Buddy. When Buddy finds out that he's human, and then when he finds out that he has a dad, it changes things for him. It makes things new. Or what about the old school one, you know, George Bailey, when after he spends time with Clarence and he gets a new perspective on his life, it changes things. It makes things new. When Kevin finds out that his, he got his family to disappear, it changes things, right? And it makes things new for him. And then, of course, the great Ebenezer Scrooge. Now, when I say great, it's the last part of the movie. After he has those three visitors, it changes his perspective on life. And he sees now life from a new perspective and things are new. You know, and that's the story of Christmas, taking us all the way back to the original story of Christmas. We find out in this story that things change, that things become new as we dive into this story and we see God's blessings upon us. So we're going to look at this story a little bit. Now, we're not going to look at the part of the story where we find the shepherds and the wise men. That's for later on. Today, we're going to look a little bit to the story before the story, the part that Chris was talking about this morning when Mary first interacts with Christmas. Start like this in Luke chapter 1, we read, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Now we're going to pause there for a moment to make sure we get the context of this. Because here we have the happy couple, Joseph and Mary, and we want to look, they live in this town called Nazareth. Now Nazareth was a community that did not have a lot going on. It was a very small town that was very average in nature. I can relate to it because I grew up in a town very comparable to what Nazareth would have been. 
in a small town, just a couple thousand people. And you know, I can still remember some of my classmates as we were growing up saying they couldn't wait to graduate to get out of this small community so that they could get something more exciting and get into the world a little bit. But the funny thing is for a lot of those, they're still living in that small community. You know, and so we look at Nazareth and it, it was, there was not a lot going on there. You know, because it was off to the side from the trade routes. There was not a lot of visitors coming to this town. The people that live there, that's all you get. And the only time you get to see someone else is when you go, maybe you go to Jerusalem for the Passover feast. That was an exciting day because you're getting to see something new and different. But for those who lived there in Nazareth, it was pretty average. A lot of poor people lived in that neck of the woods. And as a matter of fact, when one of Jesus' disciples was being asked about Nazareth, he says, can anything good come out of Nazareth? And so for Mary, it, she was just 12 years old, probably around that age. She was probably poor. Someone looking into the life of Mary, they would have said she was below average. There was not much going on in her life. Or was there? Because there was something exciting going on in Mary and Joseph's life now, wasn't there? Because just not too long ago, they got engaged. And so now they have this year journey where they're looking forward to this wedding. And so, but you know, in Nazareth, this was the most exciting you got. There's not a whole lot else going on for Mary and Joseph. But then again, all of a sudden in Mary's life, there's something crazy that just happened as well because she had a visitor come to town. And this was not just any visitor, it was an angel. We continue in the story. Gabriel, the angel, appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Now, could you imagine this young girl all of a sudden having this moment? I mean, I can't imagine because I never had an angel like Gabriel visit me. I've had my wife who's like an angel. I know, ah, <laughs> oh, she's not even sitting over there right now. I hope she heard it. Man, that was a waste of moment if she didn't hear it. So let her know if she, in case she didn't hear it. <laughs> but she has this angel visit her. We wonder what could that have been like? I mean, we have a lot of ideas of what angels might have looked like throughout the ages. We have different images that we might think about. You know, Michelangelo, when he was creating the Sistine Chapel, had these cute little cherub type things that we, we think about. And maybe that's what you think about when you think of angels. For some of you, when you think of angels, you think of these guys that's not who visited Mary, in case you're wondering. You know, some people, you know, as we look at scripture, there's some images that we think about, maybe a warrior type angel. You know, Michael, the archangel, might have been something like this. You know, we don't know exactly what Gabriel, what he looked like, but when he came, you know, when Mary was having this moment with Gabriel, it was out of the ordinary. She's not used to visitors at all, let alone an angelic visitor. But it wasn't just the fact that an angel was standing there in front of her, but it was also the message that Gabriel shares with her. Do you remember what it was? Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. Favored woman. 
You know, when we think of this idea of someone who is favored, we instantly have a lot of different images that go through our mind. People that are favored, what is it that you think about? You know, we think about maybe people that are a little bit wealthy, maybe someone who has a lot of power or popularity, maybe someone who's had a lot of great success in their life. You know, maybe we think about maybe Swifty, right? She's really big in the news right now. Taylor Swift, you know, she has... All those things we talked about, you know, she has the riches, she has the popularity, the power, you know, and then she has that, the boyfriend's, what, what's his name? Travis Belty or, he's easy to forget, isn't he? I mean, he's the only reason he's popular right now because he's hanging out with Swifty. He is sitting over there. You know, we think about these different individuals that we see and we, we have these images, they must be favored, right? But then again, as we look at over the course of history, we see some of these individuals that have what we think to be this favored life, but all of a sudden their lives look a little different. You know, I think of the great Robin Williams, an amazing actor and comedian. He had it all, right? Until he didn't, until he took his own life. And we find out that his life was filled with depression and brokenness and hurt. You know, we look at many of these people that we think they have it all. They are favored and people like Martha Stewart and Bill Cosby and Tiger Woods, Britney Spears. And the list goes on and on of these individuals that they're favored, right? They have it all until they don't. For so many of these people, if we look into their lives and we see behind the scenes, maybe we see some of this things like brokenness. Maybe sinful choices going on. Maybe they're lost, alone, depressed. So what is favored really? I mean, for, for many of us here, if we say, Do you, are you favored? We're going to like, no. Look, look at my life. There's nothing favored about me. Or is there? What can this Christmas story help us to understand? Maybe a new, changed perspective to help us to see what favored really is, maybe from God's perspective. Because Gabriel says to Mary, greetings, favored woman. Why is she favored? What makes Mary favored? God is with her. The presence of God into the life of Mary. You are favored because of it. You know, we can think of how for Mary right now, how important is it for her to hear the words, God is with you because she has this visitor in front of you and this is no just average visitor. This is an angel. What is she seeing? She's probably a little bit worked up. She's probably nervous, maybe anxious about what's going on in front of her here. And, you know, for us, for those of us who have raised children, we know our children have moments like that when they are anxious and they're worried and stressed out about what's going on in front of them. They're looking forward to that moment where the parent pulls alongside of them and shares those special words. It's going to be okay. I'm here. I'm with you. And the child is favored because the presence of the parent that pulls alongside of them. Mary is favored because God is with her. So as we consider this understanding now, the question that we have to consider for ourselves, are you favored? Good question, are you? 
And based on the story as we read it here, are you favored? Is God with you? And the answer is yes. I mean, if you have placed your faith in God, if you have received a Christmas present from Jesus, that you've received him into your life and accepted the gift of salvation that comes from his work on the cross and the empty tomb, then yes, by the power of the Holy Spirit, God is with you. Now you might say, but wait a second, Mary though was special. But no, that's not what the story shows us here. She was a just an average girl, 12 years old, living in this below average community of Nazareth. There's nothing good that comes out of Nazareth. So what makes Mary favored? Mary is not favored because of who she is. She is favored because of who God is and because God is with her. Let me say that again. Mary is favored because of who God is and because God is with her. You are favored as you receive that gift of salvation by the work of Christ on the cross. And coming out of that empty tomb, you are made new and favored because of the presence of God, the Holy Spirit of God in your life. Now, Gabriel's not done with Mary. There's more to help her understand of how she is favored in life. We continue. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have, again, found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. What a moment for Mary. Hey, Mary, you're going to have a baby. I mean, that changes everything, doesn't it? I mean, you think of those moments. I mean, I think back on our vacation that we were on back when we were still young and married and, and all of a sudden, Karen, she's having to pee every five minutes. And so we, we got one of those little sticks and she peed on it and we found out we're having a baby. You know, isn't that crazy? And then we, what do we do with that little stick? Now, if I peed on a fork and carried around, you guys would be like, ooh, but when we pee on one of those sticks, we celebrate it. We take pictures of it. We post it online. Do any of you still have the stick? Be honest. Oh, there's a couple of you that do. Ooh. I mean, you think about that, how crazy that is that we, we do that. But Mary, she finds out she's going to have a baby. How crazy that would be for her because when we find out we're having a baby, it changes our lives. It makes things new. But that wasn't all for Mary. That wasn't the only thing that made her favored. But instead, why was Mary favored? Because God has a plan and a purpose for her. You're not just going to have any baby, Mary. You're going to have the God baby. This one that is going to come is going to be the most unique baby to ever be born in the history of the world. He's going to be fully human, but he's also going to be fully God. And Mary 
we, God has a purpose and a plan for you that you're going to need to have this baby. You're going to need to raise this baby all the way to adulthood so that Jesus can do what Jesus needs to do for everyone else. Mary finds out that God has a purpose and a plan. You know, as I think of the one scene in The Chosen, it's a scene where Mary is sitting around with the disciples. So she's now, Jesus is now an adult, and she's sitting with the disciples and she's reflecting back on this purpose and this plan and this moment when she had this baby as she thought about who this baby was. Check this out. And, well, nothing about it was easy, I can tell you that. It wasn't in my hometown. My mother wasn't there. We had no midwife. I don't know if I'm ready to give all the details, maybe some other time. But I do remember this when Joseph handed him to me. It was like nothing I expected. It was like everything I'd heard about having a baby, but I thought this would be completely different. What do you mean? I had to clean him off. He was covered in... Um... I will be polite. <laughs> he needed to be cleaned. And he was cold, and he was crying, and he needed my help, my help, a teenager from Nazareth. Uh, it actually made me think for just one moment, is this really the Son of God? And Joseph later told me he briefly thought the same thing. But we knew he was. What a moment, right? That moment when she held that baby. You know, she, she was favored because God had a plan for her. She was necessary for the Son of God to be raised and to become who he became. So as we look at her story and recognize she's favored because of God having a purpose and a plan for her, then we ask ourselves that same question again. Are you favored? It's a good question. Are you? Based on this story, are you favored? Does God have a plan and a purpose for you? And the answer, once again, is absolutely yes. We are all created on purpose for a purpose. And as we come to Christ in a relationship through salvation, the purpose gets even greater and exciting. You know, some of our purpose is very general in nature. The whole body of Christ is called to carry out God's plan. And part of that plan is, just like Mary, we're all pregnant with the good news of Jesus. I know, men. Awkward. But we are. Just like Mary, she was the first one to carry the good news, to give birth to it, to share 
Jesus with the world. We too, by the power of the Holy Spirit, we have the good news inside of us. And as we go into the world, Matthew 28, Jesus says, go into all the world and share the gospel and make disciples of all nations. We are all, by the nature of being part of the body of Christ, we're all called. And we have a plan and a purpose for us to go into the world and share the good news. But beyond the general plan, each and every one of us have a purpose and a plan, an individual way that, you know, God gave us personalities and he gave us each talents. And when we say yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit gives us gifts of the Spirit to be able to carry out the work of the kingdom all throughout the world. You know, it's why I love on Sunday mornings when I come in here and I see so many of you carrying out part of that plan and purpose that God has for you as you're standing at the doors and greeting people or on the stage leading worship or maybe you're making coffee or you're down with the kids and serving in the room and and I just love watching you carrying out that plan. You know, there's one of you, I I love this family, the the Butron family, and the entire family every couple weeks, they're down in the two-year-old classroom. Do you know how hard it is to take care of one two-year-old, let alone a crowd of around 15 of them at one time? Oh my word. It's crazy down there. But this family goes in, mom, dad, and older kids, and they work together. Mom and dad are showing their kids what it looks like to be part of the body of Christ, that we are called to serve. And so they're, now the kids might eventually learn that they're called to something other than two-year-olds, but for right now, the parents are showing them this is what we do. We're part of God's big plan in serving in God's creation. And then once we leave these walls, we go out into the world, whether we're at home raising children, whether we're out in the community working at the mine or in the oil fields, in the hospital, in the schools, in our businesses, and we are called to carry out God's purpose by making Jesus famous, by going into the world and living the life that Christ intends us to live. Each and every one of you are favored as you are part of the kingdom of God and God has a purpose and a plan for each and every one of us. But Mary, she's favored. She hears this plan and purpose that God has for her, but she's she's looking at her life and she's thinking, wait a second, this doesn't work for me because Joseph and I were just engaged, right? I'm, I'm supposed to have a baby, We're just engaged. They haven't come together yet, right? Get it? And so she's wondering, how's this going to work? She needs a clarifying word from God. She needs a word from God to help her better understand how to live out this plan and purpose. So we continue. Mary asks the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. The angel replied, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to be born will be holy and he will be called the Son of God. (laughs) Unbelievable. To to really ponder this, do you really get this? I mean, Mary, it's going to be your body and the parts that are in there and how they work, but then it's going to be a God thing. And God's just going to miraculously do his thing. And wow baby's going to be born. But Mary, bigger than that, you needed some clarification. Well, what makes Mary favored when she asked the question? God shares his word with her 
to clarify. He was willing to help her better understand how she is to live out this purpose and this plan that Mary has. You know, we have Christmas because Mary was able to get the word of God and to be able to live out her life. And so as we think about this, that Mary got the word of God, the question we have to ask ourselves is, are we favored? Are you? It's a good question, isn't it? Is there any way that we can get a word from God? Is there any way that there's something out there that can give us uh, the understanding of what God's plan is for us? Is there any teachings of Jesus, maybe, maybe principles out there to help us to better understand a word from God to help us better understand how we're supposed to live our life? Is there anything like that? Duh, it's the Bible, right? God has given us his word to help us understand how to live. So are you favored? Have you paid attention to God's word? Because we have his word. The question is, are we willing to grab hold of it and let us change and transform our lives because of it? David did. David, when he got a hold of the word of God, he was amazed at how it transformed his life. David, in Psalm 19, he says, the instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are clear, giving insight to living. David says these commands, these principles that God has for us, they're life-changing. If you're willing to read them, if you're willing to grab hold of them, and live the life that God calls you to. So the question is for you, are you favored? Or maybe the better way to ask it is, have you received that favored word from God? And are you, your daily habits demonstrating that you have? Are you reading God's word? I don't care if it's a paper Bible. I don't care if you're getting on your phone and looking at it there. I don't care if you're using the version app. It doesn't matter how you're getting into it. If someone's even reading it to you, that's awesome. But are you getting into the word of God? I had a conversation with uh, one of the men in our church here uh, trying to raise his children, and he was talking to me, and he, he said, you know, Paul, I, I want to get into the Word. I know it's important to me. I know for me raising my kids, I know it's important for me to help them to get to know God. But man, I have trouble remembering it. And so I don't, you know, it's hard for me to keep in it because I just can't remember it. It has all those these and thous in it. So he's reading the King James Version, a good translation, but can be hard to read sometimes. And so we kept on talking and eventually I, I said, man, you're, you love to be out in the woods hunting, don't you? And you love to fish. And he goes, oh yeah, man, he got excited and talking about all of his hunting trips and his fishing trips and, and all that excitement. And I said, well, do you, do, you get, do you know all the regulations for here? And why there's a lot of regulations. Do you know all of those regulations for hunting and fishing? And he said, yes, I do. Not only do I know the ones for Wyoming, but I also hunt and fish in Montana and South Dakota. I know them too. And I was like, wow, how'd you do that? Get it? And there's two reasons. Number one, it was important to him. And number two, he kept reading it over and over and practicing living it out until he got it. So I asked him, can we bring that to the Bible? He didn't like my transition there very much, but 
And so what I, I gave him a better translation. I gave him the New Living Translation, the one that we use here on Sunday mornings. And I helped him to better understand maybe a reading plan that he could use because he got, he got stuck in some different places in the Bible. I said, read the Gospel of Luke. Start there. Because Christmas season is coming up here, and so the story of Christmas, there's a lot of it in the Gospel of Luke. So start there and read it with your kids and just keep going all the way through Luke. And when you're done with Luke, read Matthew and John and Mark. There's other stories of Jesus. Stay there until you get Jesus. And once you get those stories and the teachings of Jesus, then we can move on to something else. And he's excited about this new possibility for him moving into God's word. Now, if any of you don't have a paper Bible and you're thinking, man, I could really use one of them and maybe the translation that you're talking about, Merry Christmas. On your way out, talk to one of the guys, Mitch or Grant or Tracy back there. Tell them you need one of those Bibles. They're on the shelves back there. Merry Christmas. I want you to have God's word. We are favored because God is willing to say, here's my word. Mary's not done though. She has one last step that's gonna help her to fully be favored. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything that you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Mary is favored. Why? What makes Mary favored? Mary says yes and follows God. You know, I always wondered about this, uh, you know, did Gabriel go to Susie and Josephine and Henrietta first, and they all said no before he came to Mary? I don't know, that's just some of the th funny things that I think about someday. Probably not, because like Chris was saying earlier, more than likely God looked into the faith of Mary and just realized this is a woman who's gonna follow me. And she, he entrusted this journey with her. And she was favored because she said yes. So now the question for us one last time, are you favored? Are you? It's a good question, isn't it? I mean, based on this story, are you favored? Have you said yes to God's word? Because God gives us his word, the teachings, and to help us better understand how to live and you know, we say here on Sunday mornings, Jesus makes your life better and he makes you better at life. But to receive that better life, you gotta say yes. You gotta be willing to step into what God has for you as a plan to live out your life. You know, the brother of Jesus, when he was writing his book, he says, but don't just listen to God's words. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. Verse 25, but if you look carefully into the perfect law, that sets you free. And if you do what it says and don't forget what you heard, then God will bless you for doing it. You know, anybody can come here on a Sunday morning and hear a, a sermon. Anyone can read the Bible from cover to cover. Anybody can memorize verse after verse after verse. But if you're not going to take what you read or hear and put it into practice, like James says, it's going to be worthless. Have you said yes to that area of life that God has called you to live, but yet you've said no over the years? Maybe this year you give yourself a Christmas present. Instead of saying no to God in that area of your life, you begin to say yes, and you realize the extra favor that God has for you as you begin to live more and more into what he calls you to. You see, Mary was favored, but so are you. 
because God is with you. And God has a purpose and a plan for you in your life. And God gives you his word to help you better know that purpose and plan and how to live it out. So the question today, right, are you going to say yes? What part of your life are you still holding back and saying, this one's mine, God. I'm saying yes to myself on this. How could you step into what God is wanting you to live into? How can you step away from sin that's still holding you back from that fully blessed life so that you can step into that blessed life? God, thank you for this Christmas message that reminds us of the favor that we have as we walk in a relationship with you. It's so much better than what the world thinks of a favored life. It's a new and fresh one that, God, we are so excited about because it reminds us of who we are in a relationship with you. So God, as we go into this day, into this Christmas season, remind us through your word of those areas of our life that maybe we're still holding back on so that we can step into the new life. In your name, amen.